You're listening to the Gen Zen Broadcasting System. You're listening to 40 Something Podcast with Valley in the Big. Now, here are your hosts, Silicon Steve, Valley, and the Big. 40 Something Podcast. We are back, baby, grooving. Once again, and it is a wild day, and today we're going to talk cryptocurrency. Big, why am I richer today than I was yesterday? Well, you know, it's staying ahead of the herd. That herd mentality, how to stay ahead of the herd. You stayed ahead of the herd back in February when we first started talking about this stuff. And you said, I'm going to toss a little bit into that. At what was it, 34? It's now topping at 63. So it's up $30,000. So if you would have bought a whole Bitcoin back in the first week of February, it would now, you would have made 30 G's off of that. So we were going to talk about, you know, staying ahead of the herd. If you can actually stay ahead of the herd in this country, you can really become very profitable, smart. Um, and it really got to find how to find your own happiness, you know, knowing when to do your shopping, right? Avoid the herd. What's going to make you happier going and doing your shopping on a Saturday morning at 10 a.m. during a pandemic or doing it on a Sunday night at nine o'clock at night. Now, we can't all do that. We have families and things like that. But I'm trying to say, like, you're staying ahead of the herd. So then you get to check out. You get the fresh stock, fresh milk, because it's all being restocked. That's actually not the best example, but Bitcoin was a very good example. And I think that's uh, what we're going to make some of the topic here today is uh, these markets are high flying. People are getting involved. It's like, you know, you say in one sentence, my unemployment hasn't come through in weeks. And your second set, I think I've already said this on my second sentence, uh, my second breath is, However, I did buy that Bitcoin there back in January. And that's what's getting you through. That second part is what's getting you through right now. And that's why it's becoming wildly popular. Oh, and it is very popular and people are catching. I mean, and it's not just Bitcoin, though. Cryptos from what I – in my portfolio, and I deal with four cryptos, all four of them are, are all up 10, 20, in some cases 45%. So is it? It's not just Bitcoin right now. What is the dynamic of cryptocurrency right now? Why is it all? And what are some of the major differences between the cryptocurrencies? For example, Litecoin versus um, Bitcoin versus say XRP. Sure. Was I right with XRP? XRP. Yes. Yes. Otherwise known as Ripple. Yes, Ripple. So. The difference between Bitcoin and Litecoin is actually not that different at all. It's just that it's basically the same source code. However, Bitcoin scalability-wise compared to Litecoin is is very challenging, which is why that is just going to be. So Bitcoin is going to be your store of value, your main store of value, like, like a gold. Okay. And Litecoin, that has a chance to be like, well, I'm going to set my groceries up to be delivered each or such and such, or I'm going to set up a residual buy with Amazon and get this supplement every couple of weeks and I'm going to pay for it with Litecoin. 
So just so happens that one Litecoin is worth, say, 200 bucks. So I can get a whole year's supply for one Litecoin. Boom. Pull out your wallet, your digital wallet, transfer it over to the Amazon wallet online, and that's it. In fact, you would probably set it up for Amazon to pull it out every month out of your wallet as part of a smart contract that's built on the blockchain. That's the type of thing that's coming. So that would be a difference between, say, and you could do it with Bitcoin, but Bitcoin fluctuates so much that you're really not going to want to use it as an everyday payment. But Litecoin would be a little bit more better. XRP would be the same way as, as that, do it, as far as using it for a digital payment. And so with XRP, you'll be able to make that cross borders. So there was actually a report like back in November, even, even maybe even further back, that more people in Mexico were buying XRP than anywhere in the world because they could say, well, I could send that cross borders and you know, use that as a payment for American goods or use that to help my daughter who's, you know, you know, uh, there's some there's some bad examples here I'm using. But anyway, um, Ethereum is a whole financial ecosystem, a whole blockchain in itself. And there's others coming. Cardano is another one. Tron is another one. And these are going to be like, you know, they're going to be parts of the internet that are that are cryptified, you know, they're they're secured. And they'll be used for financial transactions that we haven't even uh, come up with yet, but we are coming up with it. So this, I mean, they don't even know what to do at the SEC right now. They're like, holy shit. Yeah. And the thing is, it's like, if you stayed ahead of the hurt on this and you started putting in, you know, say back even before the first, uh, I'd say the second bull market, you know, that one there, it really went up and everybody was on the, it was really put it on the map and then it crashed at an over 80% correction. If you held on through that, you're actually pretty wealthy right now. Oh my God, yes. I mean, I, I initially bought in when I believe it was $800 two years ago. And I sold my part. I only bought, I had half of a coin. I had half a coin. And, or maybe it was 8,000. I'm sorry. So I did not have half a coin. Well, half, half a Bitcoin, yeah, when it was at that time. Then our friends were actually spreading it around. And uh, that's what I, I kind of dove in. It took a whole afternoon to figure out how to set everything up for some reason for me. I missed the boat. And that's where we're at. But I just started investing heavily about a year ago in Bitcoin. I think it was at 42. It wasn't 34, but it was 42. And I have made a very good amount of money since then. That's just, and I'm on the low end. I am a dabbler where you're not. But my question, I just don't know. So is it, is cryptocurrencies going to be the thing? Is, is the US dollar and regular currency is going to be completely obsolete within 20 years? Is that what we're seeing right now? Uh, partially so, yes. Not completely, but eventually, yes but not completely for a long time. Um, but what will happen is that the countries will adopt a central bank currency. So you'll have like United States dollar coin or United States coin. Uh, it'll, be a, it'll be a $1 coin that can be distributed over the blockchains. And it can, it'll be able to go through different sites, especially referred to as a stable coin. Because there is something out there right now. It'll be adopted by the Fed, by the United States government, and we'll be using that. So certain, some of these certain coins will, yes. And some of these are going to go way high, and then they're going to go right down, and they're going to go out completely. And that's already happened several times leading up to this current bull market. So, um, you know, it's going to be eventually that you know, paper money is going to be dirty, and it's going to be easily counterfeited. And uh, as, as we actually saw, uh, during, it, 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 started, it, it sparked an entire race war. 
was 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 started by a counterfeit $20 fiat currency. A $20 bill was passed to the cashier in Minneapolis by a gentleman named George Floyd. And that's what started that entire controversy. Holy cow. Jesus Christ brought it back to crazy shit right there. Yeah, I'm all over the place today. I don't know why, but uh no, it's, it's good. Anyway, but, well, know, Dogecoin, you say Dogecoin's kind of ridiculous right now, but Dogecoin, I actually bought a bunch of that. Just because worst case scenario, I put X amount in there that I thought I can lose this if it goes belly up. But that has gone up almost 40. Actually, it's gone up over 40% the last three days. What, but, and, and so what you say that don't, that is a dog coin or doge coin, whatever it is, you're saying that it's not really worth anything. You're thinking it's going to, it's going to peter out. Sure. Well, first off, uh, I'm not financial advice and this is not an opportunity to sell securities or anything on my part, but I'm just going to get that out. Um, doge coin, you have to be very careful with because it originally started out and it still is to some degree a complete joke. Uh, so it was a, a meme coin, which was an, it's like an animal coin. It was just started. Um, and it was really pushed by Elon Musk in the beginning because he thought it was funny and it would bounce based off of that, but you couldn't get it anywhere. And you couldn't <laughs> get it anywhere in the United States. So it didn't really do a lot of harm. But now, now, now that you have people diving into that, you have to do your research on this because, you know, for Do Dogecoin is actually, it has a lot of holes in it. So it can be, it can be easily hacked. So if there were ever going to be a heist in cryptocurrencies, it could happen with Dogecoin because there's a lot of security vulnerabilities in that, in the, in the way the infrastructure is set up. Gotcha. I don't think a lot of, I don't think the average Robinhood trader knows that. So, but they- And I am the average, <laughs> and I did not know that. So yeah, you're exactly right. So and, and the thing is, you know, early adopters like me, we were dying for this to happen. We were waiting for this to happen for the average, the average investor to get involved with this because that was going to make it, put it on the map. And it was the reason why our bags were going to get bigger because, you know, now we have more people involved in the space. It's not, it's not so much a scam anymore, you know, and the, even though it kind of is. And honestly, if there is a scam out there right now, it's Dogecoin. So keep it in mind uh, when trading that. I think what it is is that that's going to keep going up and then it's going to go way down when Bitcoin connects, which it eventually will to some degree. And people are going to have gone in high on that and they're going to end up losing their house. Yeah. I'm not high on it at all. I got, I, I bought in real low. <laughs> it was just like, well, let me, this is some, this is, this is a, what if happens like say Dogecoin as a fluke gets a 200 bucks. We're going to be okay. You know what I mean? Oh, oh, yeah, sure. That, that's where I'm sure a lot of people are uh, are banking on, and they're also hearing the stories about back in 2010, 2011. You know, these these uh, these magic geeks to pick up their magic cards. They would acquire a bunch of Bitcoin, and some of them had thousands of them. You know, and they held on to them, and so they were getting in a Bitcoin at seven cents when Bitcoin was seven cents. Getting in a Bitcoin when Bitcoin was forty dollars. I remember when I was at Drexel, people would mention it to me. And it was $47. I should have just picked up a hundred of them. I, I, our, our friend Brad told me and then told me again. So I finally actually jumped on it. And had I done it the first time, I could have got Bitcoin at 500 bucks. Tisk, tisk, tisk. And the funny thing is you didn't even have to buy a whole Bitcoin. You could buy portions of a coin at times. So even if you put a hundred, if you put in a hundred dollars in a Bitcoin three years ago, 
you would be very, very good right now. <laughs> that would be yeah. good. Not set for life by any stretch, but it would have been good enough. So, you know, that you'd be okay or you'd take some worries away. So, but did anything happen today or yesterday or the last two days to why all this cryptocurrency is all, I mean, it seems across the board, they're all doing really strong right now. Is is there a specific reason that it happened the last two days? Any news break? What have you? So we were talking about Ethereum. And Ethereum is on its way to launching its mainnet. And in order to do that, it has to do what they call a hard fork, which is really just a technical term in blockchain for, for an upgrade, for a technical upgrade on the network. You're basically, you were going one way, and now you're upgrading and going this way. And uh, they have announced that the hard fork, which is actually called, the project name is called Berlin, will be going as scheduled for tomorrow. And it's ready to go. So that will actually be the main technical upgrade that will then launch the, the main network for Ethereum for all of these, the, the network that all of these other lower currencies are gonna operate on and do their thing financially on, whether it be like give loans to people in other countries or provide collateral or, or, or liquidity or you know, things of that. All these, uh, all these old financial terms that are all now being reborn through the blockchain, it's going to be the focal point of that. Ethereum blockchain is the one thing that's going to... So now we're moving forward. So this is happening. This all isn't just talk anymore. It isn't just like, oh, well, it's all just... It's actually starting to take shape. So we're in a, in a really um, interesting part of, of, the, of, of, of time right now because this is actually... What's happening is just like what has happened with when you had railroads setting up and going across the country, when you had the internet setting up and having all these networks are now setting up, electricity provided that. So you have these, these, these rising industrial revolutions. So that, that's happening now. It's going to spawn on a new industrial revolution. And it's actually going to be spawned on a new, new uh, age of wealth. So it's not going to be Paris Hilton anymore. It's not going to be the Kardashians. You know, it, it's going to be... Kardashian. Uh, yeah. Joe Smith in Pittsburgh and he's he he held true to a dream that he thought that Bitcoin was going to change the world so he bought it back and, and he held on to it and now you know and now it's like $125,000 a year you hear stories about that you hear stories about how like like schools that were that are too poor to run but their technology advisors say why don't we just buy some Ethereum and then they're going to be able to like get all kinds of new books and computers and pay for everybody's tuition that's actually in the school. You know why? Because that actually happened already in Turkey. So you're going to have these type of stories happening. It's going to be, it's going to, it's going to usher on a new breed of wealth and they're, they're running they're running around. They don't know how to cover for this. And it's good that the Biden administration, good and bad, really. It's good the Biden administration because they would, because Trump would have just cut this right now. But Biden, he went, he's, he's worried about other stuff and the thing is better for the, pandemic and everything, but he's actually going to be the administration that does uh, clamp down on it. So there you go. He's going to have to be, you know, this is, I mean, people, too many people are making too much money and too many people in the government and two people in very powerful places are not making enough money on it either, but a lot of people are. So I, I don't know. Yeah. How do you, how do you take talking about possibly trillions it has to be trillions, trillions of dollars, Without, you know, how can you make regulations on it out of nowhere and just take their money away? 
I don't know how that it's really fascinating to me. And it's got something that I have got to get more educated in. And I think a lot, and if you're smart, you would too, because it sounds like it's going to be a big deal, bigger and bigger and bigger. And we just, those people are still, Oh, I don't get it. I don't, my friend I was talking to last couple weeks ago down in Florida, he's, I told him and he's like, I don't get it. I don't, I don't, I don't know. It's risky. I don't know. It's like, it dude, I only put, but I only put X amount of dollars in to begin with. And what I have in there now is, you know, most, if you got into Bitcoin, a year ago or less, you're really playing with the house's money right now, aren't you? So, yeah. So, so, and that's the thing. That's part of the, the transfer of wealth right now, because you had, you know, you had that happen on the other side with, with the 1% during coronavirus and the, you know, and the Bezos and things. And now you're having like the, the Robin Hood guy, you know, and that's actually really kicking up a dust storm. And that's, that's the only reason why Robin Hood stopped trading of, uh, GameStop in the first way. This is going back to an earlier podcast. Well, now, now the now it's now it's leveled up since then. Now, now it's like now it's like if you ignored Bill, what Bill Gates said, and you kept putting and you and you saw it go and you saw it dip hard a couple times, and you said people said, "Oh, look," and you and you and you ignored the fact that, of course, regulations coming and you kept your. You kept your money in there. Now you really, you really have it. You really have some. What did what did Bill Gates say? If when exactly? Because a lot of people might not know that. So I don't have an exact quote here. No, you can paraphrase, dude. It's all good. It's a paraphrase. Essentially said that you're you're taking on way too much risk and getting involved with something like that, and it's it's not based on anything. Where you know, like the American dollar is backed. Is it really? Yeah, exactly. What the fuck? He's just part of the old. He's part of the old structure, man. He's trying to hold on to his because he he plays with dollars, and that's where he plays. That's where his company plays. He wants the dollar to still be king because that's where he's king. He's not king with crypto yet. People, they all have their agendas. That's why Mark Cuban and Kevin O'Leary are all coming out now. And like, actually, Cuban's going through the roof. He's like got this DeFi and he's got NFTs. And, and he honestly, he's right. He's rightfully so. He's a smart guy. I knew these guys had to be involved. I'm just glad I was too at that time. But <laughs> the NFTs, these non fungible tokens, which is a unique, it's like a unique marker. It'll be used to uh, to verify authenticity of like even regular fiat things. So when I say fiat, that's actually a fit tangible like in the in the actual. It's not in the cryptos. It's not in the the multiverse. You know, it's actually out here in reality. So it's like like a, it's like a paper dollar or like a Understood. an actual nickel or a quarter. You know, but um, you know that, that silver dollar. Yeah, so the Mickey Mail cards will, have, will be tied to an NFT, and then you'll be able to verify the authenticity of that Mickey Mantle card because it would have been registered as an NFT, and that will have the information that will verify it. Are baseball yeah, cards still valuable? I mean, just the just the Mickey Off Mantle topic. ones. Yeah. Just Mickey Mantle. If you have any yeah, other, just, but anybody else, Satchel Page, fuck you. Babe Ruth, nope, just, just Mickey Mantle. Just like, the Babe Ruth, the Joe DiMaggio, those type of things, are those are the ones that are worth it. Uh, but you know, Tops is having new life now because they're going to have NFTs now. Um, so those, those things are actually going to go on, and they, they have, there's going to be another generation of value with that. But it's going to be through a non fungible token. And honestly, it's just a technical term that means a unique signature assigned to something. 
this is some fascinating shit, man. I've really got to get more involved and understand more because I'm, I right now I'm just a Robin Hood guy, and I'm like, oh man, this this investing stuff is easy because you know Bitcoin's half of my portfolio right now. <laughs> sure, investing's easy if you're up thirty percent the last year or or forty percent or whatever the hell it is. And it's not like I don't know. It's just it's I it's. It's opened your eyes, though, that, holy cow, you know, people actually make money doing this. And that's all they do is move money around, and that's how they make their living. So you well, have I mean, to be smart, and you have to figure out how to – I think you, that's part of mastering of life. If you could be one of the players, you could be one of the people who are moving the money around, it, life's going to be a lot easier for you in a lot of aspects. A lot harder in other aspects, but you know what I mean. You've been doing it on Wall Street this whole time. You, what you just described is what is what a Wall Street investor is. Yes. And now they're seeing so, millions of dollars being made by rookies who don't know shit about the stock market right now. And then the funny one even stings even harder is they had ample chance like anybody else. They just wrote it off. You know, it's like you can't teach the old dog new tricks or it's like. You know, just think back, you know, they, I always think back to back in like 97, I was just getting out of undergrad school and, you know, they kept saying, oh, you're going to be able to order a book on the internet and have it delivered to your, your address. It's never going to take off, (laughs) you know, or it's like, Hey, or Netflix even, right. I walk into my office in 2003 and these guys are like on this website and they're like looking at pictures and then there's like. Yeah, like a, a list of friends, you know. Well, hey, where are you guys? What's that? It's called Friendster. I'm gonna go with you. He, like share pictures and stuff that's going on <laughs> in your life. I'm like, well, well, you got friends. I'm like, oh, well, they're the same friends that you would have in real life. So like, yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, that's so stupid. Why don't I just talk to my friend about what I'm doing? <laughs> So and, I wasn't going to miss this boat, you know. Me <laughs> well, it's a good day to be alive if you're a Bitcoin owner. I'll tell you that much. Or honestly, if you're, like I said, or if you're, if you have a plethora of crypto in your portfolio right now, it's looking really good. I, you know, I never thought I would have an, I would have a podcast one day. I always thought I'd have some kind of radio show or podcast, even as a kid. But I never thought one of the episodes, or now two or three of the episodes, would be about fucking financing and investing. <laughs> yeah, it's been a very weird day. There's no real reason why that. So they just started taking off. Is it becoming more mainstream now? Is and what? And and are you really worried that this is the pull, the plug is going to be pulled on cryptocurrency anytime soon, or at least Bitcoin? So there's the plug's not going to be pulled on it per se. Okay, so there's going to be a strong correction. Okay, there's going to be many of them. There has been in the past. What scares me, because I've watched this market move, is that you have so many new people involved that when Bitcoin does what it inevitably does, and that's flash crashes or goes down, people lose their minds. They go, it's like they can't, can't, they can't just it. watch their shit go into the red like that. Yeah, and you have to. It's just a huge, it's a very volatile market. And what will happen is that the volatility will start to even out as it becomes more and more, um, starts to become more and more mainstream, you know. But it's still going to happen. And right now we're still, so 
the last bull market had, it was a two tier. So it basically peaked and then strong correction and then peaked higher before a big strong crash. And then the bear market was lasted the next two years. So that's probably what's going to happen again. But since there is so much money involved now, and then it was, well, Bitcoin was pop, you know, 20,000 or maybe then it got back up to like 14,000 and then crashed down. Now, now, now we're looking at like between 70 and 120,000. So when that happens, people are going to lose their shirts. They're going to lose more than that. And that's going to happen in this cycle. So, um, and they could be spurred on by new regulation by yelling or whatever, or, or, uh, you know, just, uh, it just, it just corrects. It has to. It usually does. It's just part of the Fibonacci retraction, and uh, that—that's where I see the the plug pulling that you're talking about happening is in the, these massive crashes. I don't think people are going to be ready for, and there's like the way it is, they get spooked quick and they pull their money out. That's how low do you think? Already. How long? How much do you think it'll correct this time around? Where do you think low end is going to go? And by the way, Vig is paranoid as shit that he thinks you guys are going to be mad at him if you do what he says. So. Let's preface this by saying he is not a financial advisor. I'm personally just talking about Bitcoin with him because he knows his shit about Bitcoin. But no, he is not a financial advisor. Invest at your own risk because he doesn't want to hear your shit. Go ahead, Vic. Yeah, it's just the legality of it. It's just the legality. Oh. It's a quick off the hook. I'm totally off the hook now. So with that being said, I think the sh a short-term correction – uh, we could see it uh, down to about 51 to 47, between 47 and 51. Ooh, 47 would scare me a little. Um, but I'd still be playing with House's money, though. Yeah, but all that whole trip down is going to scare a lot of these guys that put their stimulus check in, like last week. I bought more weed than Bitcoin. Last. Actually, I sold some Bitcoin last week. I think the bear market, we're looking market drop, I think we're looking at between 21 and 27. <laughs> And obviously, we can't ask you when you think it'll happen. If you had to guess, where are you at with that? Between September and February of next year. Between September of this year and February. Anywhere in between there. And it could ultimately peak at any during that time. So that's what makes this so, so amazing. And yet, so, like, I don't think people realize it. I, I think Yellen knows but like, I don't think people realize the the the, the, the extreme risk that's at. It. Oh my God! If yeah, if you were like, holy shit, I just made a thousand dollars in two days, and you're happy, you're gonna have a few days you're losing hundreds and hundreds of dollars, and you will be in fact you'll be down a thousand in one week. And you're gonna be like, holy shit! So you just have to know that this is this is much more of a gamble than you would think, but. Anyone who has stomached this, the crashes, has come out smiling a lot more higher on the other side. Is it going to yeah. come back after this next crash, though? Yes. So what is this Doppler chick? Is that her name? Helen Doppler? That's her name, Helen Doppler? Like the Doppler radar? Enough. I don't know who you're talking about. Oh, oh no. The... So that's where I got the Helen. I got the Helen because her last name is Yellen. What did I say her name was? Helen something? 
Helen Doppler. And I thought that was like Helen. the scientist that discovered the Doppler radar, the weather radar. Which, I saw I was like, is her last name? Well, that's where I was going with it. I was like, is that her last name? Because maybe she's related. That's how, you know. So that was the whole the whole Helen Doppler thing and the, the Doppler radar is fake news. You heard first here on the 4017s podcast. And they're not even going to hear it, so it's fine. I don't like oh, that if I sound stupid, I mean, I can sound stupid sometimes. It's funny. But if I sound stupid like that, then eh. actually, like, it was man, funny. It was that? funny, actually. Yes. Yeah. So and then I'll probably Janet edit par- portions of it. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Go ahead. Janet Yellen used to be the chairman of the Federal Reserve at one time as well under Barack Obama. This, this is a dude, isn't it? So she's the she looks like a oh she's the chick like a okay. snow penguin, yeah. She looks like a penguin. She was it more offensive penguin. that I called her a chick or that you called her a penguin? I would assume penguin. Well, first of all, she's got his white hair that makes her look like a snow penguin. And secondly, I don't know. We, I, is it, do you check our inbox at all? Do we have any? Like I could say, how do we not get any hate mail through this? All? How have we how have we not been reported? Because everyone knows we're good people and we make sense. And want to listen to more. So anyway, yeah, uh, women don't listen. I think the biggest thing is we've only had one or two women listeners the entire time. I think that's the biggest thing. Following Hard the to of Joe Rogan. Hard to offend somebody. Hard to offend somebody if you're not listening. And ladies, we are huge feminists, so come where the love is, baby. Yeah, I, yeah. I love women. I have one as a wife. The funny thing is, is one of our most amazing episodes is with the female life coach who really just put it all out. Two episodes, yeah. It's so noble and courageous. Came out with her story in front of two males on a Zoom call and then gave us the permission to publish it to Spotify. And honestly, it's a fantastic episode if you have not listened to it. There are two episodes. There's a part one and a part two, so if you only want to do... And it really was, and we're actually... And what's good about that is a bunch of them. We're going to have a lot of archives, and we are working on, on slowly but surely working on getting videos out, highlighting some of the best parts of 43 Podcasts. This is episode 46. Vig, we have as many episodes as there's been U.S. presidents. Well, presidential, sorry, presidential administrations, because I think one or two, one twice, separately. That's neither here nor there. I think it was one guy. Who was the one who won it? Was it McKinley? He won. William McKinley. Was he the one who won, lost, and then won again? Or was it Donald Trump? I forget. No. I know. That sounds familiar. But there was Rupert Hayes, who actually... We talked about with Jesse pretty much swindles himself and got Republican Congress to vote that he won the election. Hi, that was another good episode. We have a lot on the archives. We're going to get to it very soon. But uh, I tell you what, folks, it's just very interesting with the cryptocurrency. It just was you wake up in the morning and if you got and if you're invested in crypto, you're like, whoa, that's nice. But you're right. There is always a downturn. But anytime there's a downturn, I, for some reason, I wasn't worried. But like I said before, if I pull out X amount of dollars more out of my Bitcoin, then, yes, I left a lot of money on the table. But at that point in time, everything that's in my Bitcoin will be house's money that I want. So then I, there's no way I'm losing anything. And then I just let that ride and let it stay in there as long as whatever happens, happens until you need it again. You can look at it that way. Now, that's what I would do. 
I didn't buy in where you did. So that would be ridiculous if you did that. <laughs> but, you know, it's, you know, maybe not. It's going to crash. And so, put it back in when it crashes. <laughs> Little thing, we are less than three weeks away. Are you going to be out? Are we, you going to be there just in spirit and possibly via Zoom? Or are you going to be in Schuylkillhaven, Pennsylvania, April 28th through May 2nd? Jibber Jazz's perennial festival kicking off the festival season and kicking the pandemic blues right in the balls. As we said, some kind of jam 15. Are you going to be at the 15th anniversary of some kind of jam? Or are you still up in the air? It's up in the air still, but I'm hoping, I'm really hoping, leaning towards actually being able to get out here a little bit more and, uh, you know, try to host some things there with you in the 40 Substance Podcast and uh, check out some bands and get them back to do what uh, what we normally would do uh, these days. And uh, we, we just have been caught in the middle of this uh, quandary. So hopefully this would be the start of getting out of that. And also we have another announcement. We are going to be broadcasting. We're also going to have a, a booth, I believe. We're not a booth, but we are going to have a tent set up at Apple Topple Music Festival, which is going to be in the fall. So there are a lot of things happening. We are really trying to co-create and be part of uh, a lot of great communities. So please check us out as much as you possibly can. And uh, we're going to keep on growing. Again, we're getting, coming up on our 50th episode. What are you going to get me? going to get me something nice? Uh, I don't know. We'll have to, maybe we'll do that like, uh, well, I guess we'd have to do it on the 50th. Or maybe we do that the summer camp episode just to make things look interesting there. Yeah, is 50 a big enough deal to have a cake? I feel like it's not. Uh, 100 is, though. 100 is. Yeah, 100 is. Yeah, 100. 100 is. 100 is, 100 listeners is, 1,000 listeners. <laughs> well, we, luckily, we we forgot about those. But anyway, thanks so much for checking us out, folks. This is 40 Something Podcast. This is Silicon Steve Alley. And for the big, check us out, like us on Facebook, like us on all social media, and of course, subscribe on Spotify. Thanks for listening to 40 Something Podcast. For the big, this is Silicon Steve Alley.